The information contained in this episode is for informational purposes only. No material is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We need a Hello and welcome to The Revolution. Welcome to the Liberty Hour on Inform Live Radio, brought to you by Informed Choice Washington, that fabulous nonprofit organization that I've been with since 2016, I believe, way back when it was just a Facebook group. And now it's a wonderful nonprofit. And it's thanks to uh, our members, thousands of members, and um, donors who give a little something every month to keep the good work of Informed Choice Washington going, to keep this show on the airwaves in uh, Washington State, and of course, with the magic of the internet, CHD TV and podcasts and everything, we're keeping free speech alive, um, on, especially on the subject of health um, and medicine. This is absolutely essential. We're in the middle of a war. So many people have said this. It's not a war with regular soldiers and bombs being dropped on us. It's a war in which our freedoms are being stolen with fear and with capture of the medical industry. And it snuck in for a lot of people and it's captured so much of our lives. But you know what? We are empowered in our everyday lives to end this war peacefully. We do it by getting healthy. We do it by getting educated. And by the choices in our life, we disarm pharma by stepping away and, um, and getting healthy. That's the, it, it's been said that the most um, uh, patriotic thing you can do right now is to get healthy. And I so believe that. I'm going to bring on Bob Reynolds, who's with us. Hey, Bob. Oh, that was me doing it. Uh, we've got Eric today. I haven't worked with Eric in a little while and and we don't have our rhythm down. So, (laughs) hey, Bob. Hi, Bernadette. Good to talk to you. Yeah, good to have you on again in the Liberty Hour. So I do need to say that the views expressed on this hour are not necessarily those of CHDTV or um, Informed Choice Washington. We're just here bringing you good conversation. We're not giving you medical or legal advice. Bob, before we bring on our our guests um, and are going to talk about their personal experience having to do with the war on ivermectin, which is ongoing, um, do you have any, um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot because I didn't ask you about this earlier, but any updates? Could you tell us what's going on with that bill that wants to give the Secretary of Health um, in Washington State prescriptive authority and standing order authority all the time. Sure, Bernadette. Yeah, today we had a committee hearing. So that bill 6095, Secretary of Health standing orders, where, yeah, they could uh, pr- uh, issue prescriptions basically at any time. Uh, went before the House committee today and there were some questions. There was an amazing lady who joined me at the podium to give comments in opposition. And she had an amazing medical background or at least science background. So she was speaking with some uh, some facts on her side. And, 
and some legislators asked some questions. So we don't know if it's going to get stopped in the Senate. Uh, or I'm sorry, this would be the House. That, that's a Senate bill that's now in the House. We don't know if it's going to get stopped before the floor. They'll need to schedule it for a vote here shortly. But um, mm -hmm. we are really, really encouraging our legislators to put some more guardrails on this bill. We think since this bill, this power, this power of standing orders was kind of rediscovered or used during the pandemic emergency, it should mm -hmm. stay in an emergency use condition. And that's the mm -hmm. amendment we're asking. We were able to ask a couple of legislators while there and we've emailed them and called them and we're hoping we can influence legislation a little bit. Yeah, good for you and good for Informed Choice Washington. Um, and Washington does have a really good uh, legislative website that's very useful for citizens to interact and, and have their voice be heard. And how many people did you say registered opposition to this bill? 1,150 people answered a little bit of a call to action and, mm -hmm. and registered con. It's just amazing the numbers uh, that it's all the people, the citizens don't want the Secretary of Health to have this power. Mm -hmm. but mostly it, it's all public health employees and maybe some, some union or associations, you know, professional association mm -hmm. representatives that chimed in, you know, one out of a hundred maybe would be pro. Yeah. One out of a hundred. Wow. That's the, 10 to 1150. Those entities who really sort of believe that the individual isn't wise enough to make their own decisions and, and they need these overseeing fatherly like entities controlling health. So it doesn't surprise me. And there's so much money um, tied up in that whole system. Yeah, there, there is another a nuance I wanted to update people on too. Uh, during the Senate floor hearing, the Senate floor debate, the uh, one of the amenders... Uh, Senator Rivers was able to say, well, because the local health authorities already have this power, then the Secretary of Health should have this power. Hmm. Well, I, I looked it up, the RCW duties for a local health officer. I looked up the WACs for the duties of the, uh, of the local health officer. Nothing mentions standing orders. Mm -hmm. It's implied that they can do it but during an emergency. Mm -hmm. So more to the point that this should only be an emergency power. Yes. Very good. Very good with that follow-up. You know, it just shows that really the, you know, the the lobbyists and the people who have a vested interest in a certain way of doing things are always going to legislators and educating them, I say in air quotes, about why we need something. And it, we really need more educated citizens going and saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute look at this, look at this, look it up. Legislators in session, they're presented every 15 minutes when they have a meeting with a different topic that can just vary so widely. And they, most of them are, they have shallow knowledge on everything. They have no depth um, in any of these massive, massively important decisions they're going to make. So they're heavily influenced by the last person they spoke to who brought them information. And so we really have to, and give, I, I like to give them the benefit of the doubt that they, when they make comments or votes that they really didn't know enough to make an informed decision. So, you know, unless we give it that A effort and we've really brought them good information, you know, we, we can't complain too much. So good on you, Bob, for making the big trip from where you live to the, the Capitol and, and, your yeah. beloved wife there. Four hours of travel for one minute of testimony. I've been there, done that. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> thank you to uh, our uh, members who received the call to action and acted. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the difference. Yeah, exactly. You know, and there, so that brings us to our guests. So there's, there's a whole other level of activism that is going on now because of COVID. And I hate the harm that COVID, the response to COVID has done and the cause of COVID, everything. But the silver lining, Bob, is the systemic corruption of everything going on. And then those who suffered, who are having the courage to rise up and take action um, and continue to expose it, this is how this quiet, peaceful revolution toward uh, real health and freedom happen. And with that, I'm gonna bring on our guests. So we have um, Don Downs and his daughter, Kara Bookman joining us today. Welcome to the Liberty Hour of Inform Life Radio. Hi, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. For those of you just on the radio, it was very cute. So dad just nudges daughter to say, you go. <laughs> you guys are cute. So I try to keep this light. This is a very heavy subject and I want to totally respect that. And I want to really thank you for the courage it takes for you to continue on. So this, we're going to let you two tell the story of your mother who two years ago, I believe it was, um, was hospitalized with COVID-19 and the journey that you went on, um, I'd kind of like to start just asking this question, though, of both of you. Before COVID hit, what was your level of trust in the medical care system and the recommendations of doctors of how to treat any particular medical issue? Where were you? Um, we, you know, trusted the hospitals like like most people do, um, you know, you expect that when you go to the hospital that they're going to do everything they can to help you and take care of you. Um, they take an oath to do that. Yeah, and 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 we always trusted the Absolutely. doctors in the hospitals. We've always trusted. Absolutely, them. we really of course, did. You know, now, now yeah. that's changed. Yeah. But yeah, I I agree, and so many people are along that route. They didn't. So many people, and I did years ago, I had a couple of wake-up calls that made me begin to do my medical due diligence. Even, even when I found doctors that I trusted, I still felt like I needed to do my medical due diligence and go down the rabbit hole to see if they really knew what they were talking about or not, and then make my own decision um, based on that. But we all go through usually some um, personal trauma, I guess before we realize that that trust is not warranted in today's system. Um, so so I'll just let you uh, take it away, um, I guess, begin with did, with your mom getting uh, COVID. What state are you in? Where are you located? We're in Ohio. Okay. First, All right. about 45 minutes uh, southeast of Columbus, mm -hmm. Ohio, we're in a so rural area. Um, I, I'll start out by saying this, these podcasts, these radio programs that we're on, um, this is the 22nd one in a couple of three months now, we're doing this for one reason. It's to let the public know what's going on or what we went through. And it's been a nightmare, been very costly. 
but it's time i just say this it's time for the american people especially christians to stand up and say look we're gonna we're gonna do what's right and we're gonna tell the truth about what has happened in a million years I, there's no way i ever thought i would i'm 67 years old and i there's no way that i ever dreamed that america would come to this point and um mm -hmm. you know i'm going to show you a picture of the one we're talking about and this is my wife brenda there's your died at age life. 64. Oh, so her sad. life was taken but mm -hmm. um she was she was perfect health she never had any problems at all and um on the uh, end of july of 21 me and her both had COVID and we both the same night got so uh, really bad. And my oldest daughter, Melissa came up, we ca she called her and took us both to, uh, we were gonna go to a, La a Lancaster, Ohio, which is about a half hour away to a hospital. And we were so bad that we just told her we can't make it. So we went to our local hospital and we were hospitalized. I was actually worse than she was when we went in and it put us in the same room for three days i only remember about 20 minutes of the whole stay three days i got my numbers got better hers got worse so they shipped her to uh, uh, and let me tell you something the protocol was at that our local hospital was nothing they they gave us nothing they gave us oxygen if we needed it but outside of that nothing for three days so she gets shipped to columbus ohio and under Ohio Health Hospital, it was Doctors West in Columbus, Ohio. Ohio Health, I think they're the biggest medical organization in the state of Ohio. They own a lot of hospitals. So she ends up there and um, she was there two or three, four days. And I was just getting well enough to go visit her. And the day I walked in, I asked, I'm just telling you what happened. She had a she had a, a port hanging out of her arm. I said, what's that for? And she said, well, they've been trying. They have been on me so heavy for the last two or three days telling me I should be on the vent. And she's on a high flow oxygen. And she said, I don't feel bad enough to be on a vent. And she would talk to us. And I'd say, put that mask back on, you know. And she said, I said, uh, soon after that, I said, look, me and you, we had an agreement a long time ago. We would never go on the vent for anything. And it was kind of like a joke thing. She said, yeah, that's why I gave Melissa power of attorney, medical power of attorney, which she did, my oldest daughter. I was just so bad. She didn't know if I ever come back up there but, or see her. I was really bad. But um, So we let that go. But um, they were hounding her so bad and telling her that it would – telling the girls before I even before I got there that if she didn't get on the vent, she'd probably be dead within 24 hours. Are you kidding me? Well, of course, so they discuss it before I even get there. And while I'm there, really, before I got there, they just, she decided, oh, I'm going to let them do it. And I thought, well, it, you know, it's your life. We've been married 46 and a half years. Uh, since I was 18, we got married in high school, and um, I honored that, and you hope for the best, but they told her 
that if she'd go on the vent, that it would give time for her lungs to, to rest. Are you kidding me? So you take over from where, where that happened. What happened next? Um, so once they, we waited in the waiting room and we got a phone call from a friend um, and they said, hey, we know this guy um, that was in a hospital in Ohio and he was on a ventilator and they gave him ivermectin. And after um, the second dose of ivermectin, he um, came off of the ventilator and he's fine and he's at home now. So, you know, that was the first we had ever heard of it. And so immediately, you know, I start researching it and um, I found an NIH study that showed that it lowered comorbidity in COVID. So we called back real fast, hoping that they hadn't um, innovated her yet, um, which they already had. They did it immediately after we left the room. Um, but um, so we asked, um, you know, to talk to the doctors and they sent us two resident doctors and I showed them the study and asked them, you know, if we could have ivermectin. And so they took the, you know, our question and, and went to administration. Well, administration came in and it was, we were immediately met with, um, Opposition. Uh, yeah, opposition. This was high up, uh, uh, high up people too in the organization. They it didn't take them uh, not even a half hour to come back in and say no, we're and, not going to do this. But they weren't like you know they weren't friendly. They weren't oh. you know they weren't nice about it oh. whatsoever. I mean it was just you know you can't. Uh, get that you can't get ivermectin in the state of Ohio in any pharmacy. You can only get it from Tractor Supply. I mean, just lies, was, uh, just lies after lies. I called them out on instantly. I said, "Wait a minute, here, it's on every corner, every pharmacy. Your pharmacy is two doors down from where we're at right now, and I could probably go over there. They'd lie to me, but you've got it here, mm -hmm. and uh, they lied to us there." And I, I jump. I was jumping up and down, saying, "Look, get her back off. Get her off that life support. We want her to have the ivermectin." And I said, "I will sign anything, any kind of waiver you want." You're telling us now, after they put her on it, that. But she that, doesn't have a chance. She, they didn't have a chance. she didn't have a chance to live. They said she had a 0% chance to Are live. Are you serious? We were, you talk about shock. You talk about, there's only one word for what we, what she went through, what we went through in this case is it was unconscionable. You cannot wrap your head around it. I never dreamed we'd, a family in the United States would have to go through this. And she gets tired of hearing me say this during that meeting. I mean, I was pretty forceful. I'm a pastor of a church. I'm a Christian man. I don't go, you know, I know my limits. The Lord is our help and all that. And I, I said, look, how many people have sued you? 19 months COVID's been out to get their family member whether it be ivermectin, whatever. There's a right to try act 
that Trump put out two years prior. Mm-hmm. No, that's in the trash. So I said, look, I'll do anything. Well, how many people have sued you? Not one. Not one in 19 months. That was the truth. So I said, Lord, what in the world? Why are you allowing us to go see this evil? But he had his reasons. And so we go ahead. Now you jump back in and tell him what happened. This happened in one day. So um, we found uh, through our research, we found that Ralph Larigo out of New York, that was an attorney that was trying these cases and getting hospitals to administer ivermectin and every patient that he was able to win in court for that got the ivermectin they all lived and they were all on ventilators we were Brent, my wife was the 12th and he was um, positive that if we could get go ahead so we called uh we called ralph and we really you know didn't know if he would even answer us or or not and we got a call uh we got a call back very quickly mm-hmm. and he said okay i need you to do the following things i need you to get um because he's not licensed to practice law in ohio i need you to get a local attorney that will do all the legwork that's not affiliated with ohio health i need you to get a pharmacist that's willing to fill a prescription for ivermectin and i need you to get a doctor that's willing to prescribe it Plus so he we, had to get approved to to do the case which he, he did do that which we got all of that in one day we found our local doctor was willing to prescribe it or we had a, a pharmacist that was a uh, a family friend that was willing to fill it it was tough on that one um and then <laughs> we found an attorney that you know we just called random attorneys that and tried to find somebody that wasn't affiliated with ohio health um but we found all of that in one day um so things started moving very quickly when it came to the court hearing mm-hmm. um so we filed for an injun- emergency injunctive relief uh and to get the ivermectin so they had been um, battling in court on the phone with our attorney ralph in new york and um or the judge was a Franklin County judge in Columbus, Ohio, and the judge was Mark Serrett. And um, they were battling in court with Ohio Health's attorney. They had four attorneys. And um, so they, Ralph calls us and he's, you know, they've, they've come to this agreement, but he said, it's, it's the most, uh, it's unconscionable. It's, you know, he said, I've never heard of an agreement. Before that, he said it, he talked to the judge and the judge was what? He was questioning, why wouldn't they give it? Was, I'm not okay, okay. Right. <laughs> um, so um, he said, what they want to do is they want, they are willing to give her the ivermectin, but they want a confidentiality agreement. They want you guys to sign a confidentiality agreement saying that you won't tell anyone that they gave it to her. And ever. if you ever in ever. your entire life, and if you ever tell anyone, but they don't have to have, it was, they wanted it written so that they didn't have to have proof that we told. And we don't have to have any evidence that we told. 
and they wanted us to pay them a million dollars each and that was a million dollars from me my dad and my sister so they wanted three million dollars plus our attorney plus, sure. plus ralph larigo a million dollars from him so really they wanted four million dollars we have that in writing we have the contract go ahead yeah they wanted four million dollars um to for us to keep our silence but they didn't have to have you know proof that we told anybody mm -hmm. um and it was in liquidated damages is how it stated so um the judge ends up calling us and says you know i feel like a million dollars is is a, a lot he said so i'm gonna lower it to a hundred thousand dollars each which you know to us a hundred thousand dollars is still a lot of money like you know person. We, we don't I make a hundred that i don't even make that in a year um but we were going to sign it because we're trying to save your life uh, you know because you know the talk was was ticking she was dying we were going to do whatever it took to to get her the medicine or to you know to try it we were willing to try anything to save her mm -hmm. um, so the judge says okay so do you understand what confidentiality is? And we're like, you know, yeah, we yeah, understand what it is. I'm a pastor. Like we didn't treat us like kids. And he said, okay, so if somebody tells, asks you about this case, you're going to say the judge says I'm not allowed to talk about it. So we said, okay. And he's like, now I want you to repeat that after me. So he made us repeat it after him like, like we were, you know, children. He, you know, he treated us like we were less than um so he said okay i want you to come to the courthouse and we're going to have this all written up and you're going to sign it um so we get this, to the courtroom 4 30 in the afternoon because there are four attorneys our local and the judge and the staff his staff attorney was there all day hmm. all day arguing with our attorney in new york because he said it, you guys can't sign this i can't sign this but go ahead um, so well, well, first during the negotiations, uh, Ralph felt like the first day he felt like the judge was on our side. Like he couldn't understand, you know, why they wouldn't just try something if she, you know, and they were telling the judge, like she doesn't have the, her odds of living are very, very low. And so the judge couldn't understand, well, why won't you just try this? If, you know, if, she, if you're saying she's not going to live anyhow. Well, then the next day, the judge's tune changed completely. quite a bit, completely changed. Not quite a bit. It was completely It was completely, opposite. it was complete opposite. Yeah, he was no longer on our side. Um, but anyhow, we go to the courtroom and we're waiting in a room um, with our Columbus, Ohio attorney, whose name was Jeff Perry. He's not our lead attorney. He was not our Ralph lead attorney. Ralph is our lead attorney in New York. And he's arguing with Ralph over a contract, which really rubbed all of us the wrong way. Um, Cause it's like, you, you know, you're not our lead attorney. Yeah. Shut up and do what you told, but you know. <laughs> um, but so, you know, Ralph, he said, well, he told us, he said, Ralph just won't agree on anything. We, we make a change and uh we change it what he wants it to be which i'm sure it wasn't what he wanted to be and then he gets upset and and he just wants all these changes made and we keep changing it and he's not happy with it so the judge went off so we 
finally get to go oh, into the courtroom and the judge just start and they do not allow Ralph, uh, our lead attorney, to be present in the courtroom with us at all. And he's our lead attorney. Not by phone or anything. Oh, not by anything. They just don't allow him to be there. And the judge just begins Let me tell talking I, about Right. But he said before he did that, though, he said, I don't even know why I even took this case. I'm the only judge in this area would even look at such a thing. And so what happened to him? But so I'm the only one. And, and basically, he could have so dying and this is the, the judge is talking to you like i mean it's and pretty... he even told us uh, during that uh outrage that he gave us he was telling us about a sex offender he was dealing with and he just don't have time for this anymore and these two are sobbing and crying because he's given us every indication it's over he's not gonna do anything so so he goes off on ralph and says the reason your wife, your mother's not going to get the ivermectin tomorrow. Is this your attorney up in New York? He is, he, he's only helping you out. He's only doing this because of his ego. Uh, he's trying to make a name for himself. Oh my Lord. We were shocked about the whole thing. So he went on and on and on about Ralph and she's not going to get it. So I just spoke up and said, look, I fire him right now. He was happy about that. He put on a little show after that. And Melissa stands up crying and says, can I, can we call Ralph and that smart Alec judge, Mark Serrett, you have three minutes. It was incredible. We're yeah. talking about her life. To talk to him. Yeah. Ralph was waiting on the call. He should have been in the Oh, so, so we go back and, and Melissa calls, put on speakerphone. Melissa, I have called New York Supreme Court justices in the last two, two days. I've talked to lawyers all over this nation. They have never, ever heard of such a thing. It is, this is where we get the word. It is unconscionable what they're doing to me and you, your wife, your, your Brenda and your family. Yeah. And he said, Melissa, I'm sorry. You know, I just can't, can't sign this. I can't do it. So dad has to fire you. And he understood that. I think he was shocked, but he, he said, yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do if you want to continue. So we don't know what's going to happen. We go back in. These two are still bawling, crying staff attorney. She's crying. Uh, the judge's staff attorney, one of their attorneys, I look over and hit the lead attorney. He's got tears running down his face. What is going on here? So, before I got sit down, when we came back in the courtroom, the judge says, uh, Mr. Downs, we have uh, come to an agreement. We've come to an agreement. Um, the four attorneys here for Ohio Health, uh, we they've agreed that I can put a gag order on Mr. Laredo in New York. That gets him out of it. What? Gag order. Yeah. So they put a gag order on him. And he said, you, she will get the ivermectin tomorrow he told us that twice he said you will will fill we'll do the paperwork for the gag order and yep. then as soon as that's done you go up to Jeff perry's office tomorrow and, and you sign it and she'll get the she'll get the ivermectin tomorrow mm -hmm. 
So we waited for all the paperwork to be done and we went, you know, straight to the office as soon as it was ready. And he just had it laid out. Like as soon as you walk in the door, it wasn't in his office. As soon as you walk in the door, he just had it laid out on the counter, ready for us to sign. And dad asked him, you know, I felt something was wrong. Why don't we go in his office? But so I just said, look, Jeff, we have the ivermectin. We're here. You just opened up. Uh, Did they make any changes? By the time we left the courthouse at 5, 5.30 last night and this morning, he said, well, yes, yes, there was a couple changes made, but it's nothing, just sign. Nothing for you to worry. Nothing for you to worry about. Just sign it, get that ivermectin over there so they can give it to her. So we were good with that. But we had no idea what this judge and these four lawyers did until well later. But what he did the judge gave uh permission what he did he took all the burden off of himself and his decision for her to get the ivermectin when he told us she was going to get it in two different occasions in court he gave them the doctors of, of ohio health all the con- complete control whether she would get it or not based on their opinion assessment now so we go to the hospital not knowing any of this and we get over there hour goes by two hours go by well first when we got there we, we go okay we, yeah we're missing something here yeah we go back to her room and um you know during covid they had keep your door shut you have to wear ppe to go in um Gown her doors are completely wide open open. and we no longer have to wear PPE and there's the first red flag okay Uh they're trying to do something here yeah what is going on her doors are open that they're they're trying to pull she doesn't have COVID anymore yeah so they try to tell us that she doesn't have COVID anymore um so we we go to the waiting room and and we tell them okay we're we're gonna wait for the doctors to come administer the ivermectin. We want you to call us when they get here. We want to watch you administer it because we didn't trust that they were going to actually do it. So we get a, we get a text from our attorney saying local attorney. um, Saying the judge or the doctors want to have a meeting with you. Do you want to meet with him? No like we knew exactly what they were trying to do no we don't want to have a meeting with them we just want them to administer the ivermectin and the meeting was going to be with dr joseph gastaldo he is the highest ranking he is the infectious disease doctor for all ohio health their lead infectious lead it was going to be with him it was going to be with dr chowdhury head, head of ICU pulmonologist pulmonologist it was five people okay we said no we went to court yesterday I I paid I had eighteen thousand dollars in eight days we thought we won the case judge says she's going to get it I said no no meeting so he lets them know no meeting they uh ambushed us in the waiting room anyhow after we declined to have a meeting with them five uh Five doctors. Um, I said, what are you doing in here? Give her the ivermectin. So they start uh, trying to tell us that she's got something wrong cognitively and that ivermectin would worsen those symptoms. 
So they begin to run all of these tests on her, which includes, which includes taking her down for, so they're doing unnecessary medical examination on Risking her. her life. And yeah, and when you're moving, having to move a vented patient, that's dangerous anyhow. To get a CT scan. So they move her to get a CT scan. Um, they want to run all these neurological tests on her. And, you know, they've been giving her fentanyl and all these sedation medicines this whole time. Overdosing her. And then they wonder why she can't wake up. And they're trying to say that it, you know, that the ivermectin would just do more harm because she has cognitive issues, which, you know, the tests take a day to come back, of course. But there was, was no cognitive issues. Everything come back normal. But while they're telling us that she's doing... with cognitive issues we find out from our local attorney that they've sent ohio health has sent a message to the judge's staff attorney saying that she is doing significantly better and no longer has covid so therefore she doesn't need the ivermectin because she's doing significantly she off the vent? Yeah, so our local attorney we thought that in, she was off the ventilator because uh, how how well they said she was doing. We have a copy of that email, too. Yeah, so they're they're telling us one thing, and they're telling the judge another. And another thing did behind our back during that three-hour period, they called Brenda's local doctor where we live, my doctor, her doctor, and Gustavo called him and said, could you call this family? that you're the doctor of, and try to talk them in out of this ivermectin because we feel it, it could harm her. He was livid. He told Gestalda, no, I will not do such a thing. I prescribed the ivermectin. You give it to her now. Well, we don't have anyone up here that will do it. After, After they, they sign in the contract stating that there they, was somebody willing to give it. Now, all of a sudden, there's no one willing right. to give so it. Right. So our doctor, what did he say on the phone? He was so upset. He said, let me tell you something. I'll, I will leave my practice and cancel my patients. I'll be up. it take me 45 minutes to get there. I will give it to her. They said, oh, no, you're not a part of our organization. Uh, you're not allowed to come on this property. Are you serious? So while we're in this meeting, um, oh. Dr. Gastaldo, he, oh. he, he says to us in the meeting, I had, let, let me say it because, because I shook him up. You know, the Lord gave me the words to say, I said, let me ask you something. If I was your, all five of them, if I was your wife, mother, sister, close loved one, and there, and you've been told by the hospital that they're not going to make it. And, and there was a drug like ivermectin or something else that just might work, what would you do? I want to hear from you people. Gustavo didn't even blink an eye. He said, I would go with hospital protocol. Hmm. Childhood <laughs> protocol. Another one, protocol. The other two put their heads down. They wasn't going to say it. So those three, I looked them in the face and I said, let me tell you something, you, you three. I have in, I have never ever met three people like you in all my life. How can you stand there and say such a thing? I, and I looked at Dr. Gustaldo and I said, 
let me ask you something. You've been a doctor a long time, I, I believe. And have you ever prescribed ivermectin to a patient? Oh, I've been giving it to them for years, but never for COVID. So because of my conversation with him, he gets on channel four and ten, channel 10, so two of the biggest stations in this state. The next morning, and they have him on live and was telling everybody it was for horses and animals and it could cause a lot of problems. If, people were poisoning themselves with ivermectin. I felt like a dog because he used our conversation to do what he did. Hmm. And um, here's, here's the kicker too. I mean, I really got this guy. The worst thing that he said to us. Yeah, I mean, I had him going in. He put down his head and he said, look, if we could have got maybe the ivermectin a little bit sooner to her, maybe things would be different. Are you kidding me? This man said that in that room in front of everybody. I almost Uh, It it took the power and the grace of God for me not, I would be in jail. I mean, are you? Are you kidding me? How could this man say such a thing? When I have fought, I have spent thousands of dollars. I begged the judge. We got the we got the order. But then we find out. See, I will never rest until I find out who the judge's staff attorney know that she was doing significantly better because it was biggest lie and that lie cost her her life why once the judge got that information he decided to shelf the the whole thing the whole thing until we could get counsel together but another lie that we didn't another lie that we didn't find out until two years later was was yeah so just recently was that our um local attorney emailed the the next day because we, we had only agreed in the meeting that we would wait one, one day, day. To, to find out what the cognitive issues were make sure all the tests came back normal I, so I we agree agreed to wait one day jeff Perry goes ahead and tells them that we no longer want the ivermectin and he sent that to them in an email he never ever said that uh, we were still calling him okay asking him when's the judge gonna push this through when's it gonna push when's he gonna push it through and he just stops answering us so you know i told the epoch times but a really good they put out a big article and uh i don't know a couple months ago and they asked me for my last statement do you want to say anything else i said yes and i always repeat this on most shows because it's important because I said, I want to tell you something. You're about to put out an, an article. If I hadn't went through it myself with my daughters and my wife, I don't believe, I don't think I can, could believe what you're going to write. So I don't blame the people. If they don't, they read this and say, ah, that couldn't have happened. But we've got all but the documents. We, we, we have proof of it all. And after, you know what? There were several days even after that that she tried to wake up. She was squeezing hands and this and that. And, and uh, I called up one night at 10 o'clock and we we're excited because we're ta- they're going to take her off the vent. And uh, we get up at, uh, at 10 o'clock thinking 
They're going to take her off the bed. Her room was full of two doctors, head doctor, like six nurses. She was she, back up. Um, and I, I said, well, she crashed at 530 this morning. I said, how? Why? We, they don't, were, we don't know why. They know, know they, why. That's what I looked for. As soon as we got the medical records, I looked to see what happened at that exact time frame. They had mm. given her more sedation and put her back to sleep. Okay, 3,300 pay. We, she, she died on um, September 2nd. She passed away September 2nd. Uh, I wanted the medical records, 3,300 pages. They refused them. No, you're not getting them. What? Nope. Uh, so I had to hire my attorney in Logan, where we live, to get a form from them. They had to give it up, and it had to be signed by our local common police court judge for me to get something that belongs to us. Wow. They forced me to pay, I don't know how much it was, it, it, it was incredible. I So we get the third... We hired Warner Mendenhall. So we felt like we, we asked to dismiss the case because we didn't want to be, we were worried Gag about orders. this. We were worried about this hundred thousand dollars over our heads mm -hmm. because one of the things they added in the contract, you know, unbeknownst to us is that, um, this would also go to our next step kin to our children, the, lawsuit. the, the hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So if we die, kids are still responsible for this so of course we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we're uh, not bound to this so i called jeff and i said look jeff i want to dismiss this are we still under this contract even though they they're the ones that breached the contract yes. he said yes you are yes yeah, so he said uh you know he he well he felt first he said i feel like that you know if we did the dismissal you won't be bound to it and so that's why we did we paid him more but this to, thief, to do the dismissal. I just tell him what, what he is. He's a thief and he sold us out. But anyhow, he, I said, I want it dismissed. He said, okay, I'll send a letter to the judge. And he charged me $1,650 for a letter to the judge. Wow. Okay. I, I just, I just want to interrupt. I'm sorry, just for a minute to let you know where we've got about like six minutes or seven minutes um, to, to wrap well, up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he says that we're still bound to the agreement. If we want him to represent us, he will. No, thank you. After it was dismissed. Um, so, so we hired Warner Mendenhall out of Akron, um, and we just filed a suit to make sure that we were not. We never wanted any money. And so, what did Ohio Health do? Did they just let it go? No, they filed a lawsuit against us. Each one of us for filing a frivolous lawsuit and wanting their attorney fees paid. We're supposed to go to court this April. We're on we're on trial in Columbus, Ohio, because we filed a frivolous lawsuit and they, they're telling the second judge that's handling it, we were never under any kind of duress during all this. Mm -hmm. Are you She's dying and we didn't sign a contract under duress. We didn't do anything under duress. So we've been under a lot of duress over the lawsuits they're putting on us for the last nine, eight, nine months. But good news, for some reason, we serve a big God. A month ago, we get a call from our attorney in Akron. He says, they backed out. 
They're ready to come down on us hard, but they just walked away. Yeah. They don't want to sue us where they don't want to sue you. They just want to back away. I took them further than they ever dreamed I would. So there's a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is because we're on this show tonight. Mm -hmm. yeah, Believe I me, they know that we are smearing them all over this country, in Canada, the UK. We've been on all over the place. Yeah. And it's not looking good for them. But so they're right now, this is where we're at. No lawsuits. We're just doing this. And uh, our attorney right now, our last appeal to them, telling them that the second judge, they're wrong. They got no right to do this. But he 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 favored them. So uh, uh, he put in his last deal with the judge that he would back down. Our, our attorney would back down. He would not, sue, uh, we would not sue them using him on a, on the civil side, but he, he feels like, well, he won the case where this judge, we are no longer under the, right. That's what, yeah. right. So it cost me 20. Th and one of the reasons is we were, we found out from the second judge, the reason they sued us for frivolous lawsuit is because we were never under the other one. That's what they tried to say. That's right. They tried to say this. And when our local attorney said, yeah, you are. And I'll, I'll, I'll do the work to get you out from underneath it. You know, if you want to pay me, we said, forget you, you already sold us out. But it, this thing is so crazy. Wow. And now yeah. we cannot use uh, uh, lawyer Mendenhall because he's done. Uh, he went on a show with us last week and, you know, I'm all caught. We got our $50,000 and, uh, and, in what but you know what we're out there telling, telling a story and it's so unbelievable that um and our heart is not this is not just for brenda this is for 1.2 million people the yes. family members yes um we also have yeah. uh, so some social media um accounts if anybody wants to follow us um uh, on twitter uh which i guess is x uh telegram getter truth social and we have a facebook page it's at brenda's battle and then we have a give send go to help us to recoup um some of our lawyer fees that we've had out and um that is give slash brenda's battle 21. so the give send go ends in brenda's battle 21 and the uh, social media accounts is just brenda's battle our case proves that the medical industry is corrupt from top to bottom. It proves that the judicial system is corrupt from top to bottom. Not every one of them, but what we went through, our attorney in New York said it was the worst day. He's 72 years old. He told our attorney in Akron, that was the worst day in his entire life. Hmm. And it, what they did to him and what they, did to us and and brenda it should have so, never happened and you know most people think that the judge should be uh he should be in prison for what he did um our local attorney after he should be in prison but there's no law there's no law for for these guys oh please oh we lost your voice there kara i didn't hear that 
Um, he did the judge while we were in the courtroom that day. He didn't allow any recording. We didn't know this until after we hired a year later after we hired uh, mm -hmm. uh, our attorney. Now he tells his investigator, he said, "You get down there and get them transcripts. I want to know everything that was done. That nothing. Yeah, yeah. he allowed nothing. Well, um, I let's spend the last minute telling your beloved Brenda, your beloved mom how much we thank her she was on a difficult journey but god right. had a purpose and you are serving that purpose i don't right. know if you've got to meet scott sherry yet who's beloved 19 we've been on a show mm -hmm. yeah so there's a lot of angels that are in this massive battle and yeah. i just want to um thank you bob and i thank you the, the whole world of of medical freedom informed consent Thank you for your courage and your continuing on. And um, and we thank, thank Brenda. you for having us. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're very welcome. So again, that was everywhere you go for social media, look for Brenda's Battle. And sometimes it's um, Brenda's Battle 21. And you will yeah. be able to find ways to follow what you're doing, uh, to yeah. give voice, to hopefully give you guys some support um, for your yeah. fun. Stay strong. And one other thing. Can I say one other thing? Can yeah. I say one more thing? Yeah. It's just if there's a if there's an attorney out there or a firm that would want to talk to us and, and learn about this case and take them on on the civil side, I'm not gonna pay you a dime. The criminal side, because this was the most criminal act in history, I think. So yeah. Look him we're up. Open for it. Okay. But I'm not paying you. You win, you win. You lose, you lose. I'm done. That sounds five thousand dollars. Uh, but we're going to yeah. keep telling this story. We got the go, Don. Okay. Yeah. Thanks Thank you so much, story. Don and Kara, and yeah, and Bob. You've been listening to the Liberty Hour on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. We'll see you next week. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, the high wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. The information contained in this episode is for informational purposes only. No material is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.